Breaking news out of Orlando, the terror attack on a gay nightclub. Right now, at least 20 are dead, maybe more. The shooter also dead. Temperatures have caused drought and hunger, prompting migration and contributing to instability. Kincaid Fire remains the most stubborn challenge that we face. Barely a month after the Lion Air 737 MAX crashed in Indonesia, killing 189 people, an internal FAA memo warned the MAX would crash again. Welcome to the Good Guy Revolution podcast. This show is recorded in the Valley of the Sun every week at Shaneland Art, located at 301 East Camelback Road, Phoenix, Arizona. I'm the diva, reminding you that you can change the world by just being kind to one another. Now, please enjoy the show. It's so amazing to see. It's all insecurity, though. It They're is insecure. insecurity. Yeah, but insecurity. his staff is nice. And you know what's? And they're nice. So happy to hear that. Yeah, that's that's our whole thing too. I always tell people before we hire them, I can teach you how to scoop ice cream. I can teach you how to run this shop. I can't teach you to like people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to like people, and that's where kindness comes from. Yeah. Hi, friend. Welcome back to the Good Guy Revolution podcast. My name is Gene Moore, and I'm glad that you came back. I'm glad. I hope you did something nice last week, and you can do it again this week if you forgot. That's okay. Because just remember, never give in to anger, never give in to meanness, because you're going to make it. You're going to make it. Not after all. That's Mary Tyler Moore, but that's another show. Anyways, today we have a great, great guest. Uh, I have my friend. Uh, he owns an ice cream business here in Phoenix, and uh, his name is Brandon Douglas. And he kind of outlines and shares some great stories with us, and, and, and it's intriguing to meet people and, and to see how they're navigating through this, this world and maintaining kindness and goodness. So it's a great conversation. The thing that I love most about him, there's several things I love, but one of his flavors of his ice creams is a pumpkin praline with whiskey caramel sauce. Now, anyone who can concoct that kind of a recipe in ice cream, well, that's doing the Lord's work. The Good Guy Revolution podcast starts right now. is the Gene Moore segment, the segment where Gene Moore talks to other Gene Moores around the United States of America to find out how they're doing, to see what's up, and to get by on for my new nationally loved sandwich that's going to be coming out in the future. No one's doing it. It's something I'm putting in the universe, and it's called the Gene Moore. And so before I even have the audacity to go to someone and have them make the sandwich, I feel like I need to talk to other Gene Moores to see what they would like for, you know, the Gene Moore. Whenever they go to a restaurant, anyone in America is going to be able to order a Gene Moore. And so I need to make sure that we're all sharing this idea. You know, I'm going to get the money, but I want their ideas. Um, you know, because, you know, like right now you can go into any restaurant in America and you can ask for the honored Palmer, I think that's what they call it, the Arnold Palmer. I hated making those when I was a waiter. And uh, 
Shirley Temples, right? But those are gone. Those people are gone. Gene Moore is still alive. So what the world needs is a Gene Moore sandwich. And so in this segment, Gene Moore will be reaching out, even though it's been, you know, like six weeks. And now one person is responding back uh, or calling uh, or emailing. Uh, but I got a new tactic. I'm going to um, go and try to meet a Gene Moore door-to-door. So there's could turn out well or not turn out well but it'd be a great story if i got beat up by a gene moore because you know i don't know but anyways this is the gene moore segment we're gonna have a gene moore i promise usually we have josh graves come in and 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 substitute for gene moore but today's the super bowl and he can't be bothered with anything but the super bowl so I guess Josh Graves has turned into another Gene Moore and decided not to return calls. So, uh, you know, rejection, rejection, it's part of life. So there I am. This is the Gene Moore segment. I hope you join back next week when I can talk and I beg. Universe, do you hear me begging? Send a, a real Gene Moore so that I can talk to him. I have so many questions. So, uh, Universe... Please let that happen. Yes, it already happened. That's what Oprah said. Just believe it happened and it will. So join us next week when you get to hear, per Oprah, Gene Moore talk to another Gene Moore. Thank you. Hi, everyone. In this spot right here, which we're saving, it could be for you. This is where we're going to put advertisers or sponsors. So if you'd like to sponsor this show, please contact me and we'll put you right in here. And we together can change this world to make sure that it always stays kind. Sponsor me today. Brandon, thank you for coming. I know your schedule is crazy, so thank you. Not God too bless crazy you. for you. No, yeah. I, love, I love being here. You know what I love? I, my favorite thing in love life is having friends and then having friends from other friends you're friends with tony b yeah tony b but i met tony b though through gavin and i met you initially through gavin and it's been so long so gavin bloom um i i think i remember the first day i met eugene uh like officially it was probably it was after like a set at the comedy spot okay um and i have uh, gavin and i have been friends for like 17 18 years and that was like he in your spot for a while and I would go to practically every show for a long time when my oh, schedule I'm allowed so for it. Yeah. Sorry. And you, you were like endure that. No. <laughs> you had to endure it that. was awesome. You're literally one of the funniest human beings I've ever seen on stage and met. Oh. And so that's hence the repeated uh, attendance. And uh, after the shows, you would always hang out with Gavin and you always had so many encouraging words for him. And I love that. And I think that we just kind of like kept crossing paths. And then I met Tony through Gavin. And now I know an unbelievable amount of wonderful comedians in this city. Yeah. And uh, and you happen to be one of them. And for whatever reason, like, I don't know. I, just, I like you, man. Well, thank yeah, you. Absolutely. I love you, too. Well, I just like your energy. And thank you. And that's why I'm having you on this podcast, because this podcast is about recharging energy for other people. Because this is where I'm at in life. This is what my boyfriend is calling the uh, the documentation of my breakdown. But back up a little bit is the uh, documentation of my nervous breakdown. Because here's how yeah. where I'm at. Let's hear. I'm it. a super nice guy. Always been nice. But now I'm like going and being mean, and then I regret being mean, and then I'm like, am I letting people take advantage of me because they're taking advantage of my niceness? So, but I'm surrounding myself with people that are kind. I always have nice, kind people around me, but now I'm really cognizant of it. You know what I mean? So that's why I have you here because I made a list of people that I wanted as my first guest, and I had like six people all number one. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, I my can't. ego wants to know where I fell on this list, but I'm not going to ask. <laughs> no, at all, no, no, your ego is. Yeah. It's, it's just, I just love your energy. I love how Thank hopeful you. and how everything is so. So God bless you for being like that. Let me ask where you're from, Oregon. Is that originally? Yeah, originally uh, from Oregon, a little town called Coos Bay, Oregon. Okay. Um, Coos Bay, North Bend. 25,000 people how in Metropolis. Have, how long have you been here in Phoenix? Uh, about 17 years, 18 years now. Okay, yeah. okay. Same mm-hmm. time as yeah. I have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You like it? What are your feelings on? Um, I didn't like Phoenix when I first moved here, but I think it was because I'm from a small town and uh, unfamiliarity is uncomfortable, sure. right? But I've I've grown to love the uncomfortable situations in life because that's where you grow, right? Yeah. Um, I still hate uncomfortable situations and things that I'm not familiar with. But the great thing about Phoenix is it went from... Everybody's found out about Phoenix. That's why our real estate yeah. prices are going crazy. Everybody else wants to live here yeah. um, because it's become a really cool city to be the last like seven, so. eight years. I yeah. think so. But I feel like your small town genuineness and your niceness Good. that what you is still here. Like you didn't lose that. So yeah, there's something about like growing. I mean, not to take away from anything, anybody who's grown up in a big city. I mean, awesome. Sure. Um, you know, you can have a good attitude and be from anywhere. Um, but I feel like when, like I went to a high school where my graduating class was like 200 people. (laughs) So you learn to know people and you learn to not like step on toes because your business is everywhere. Um, and if you make friends, then there's a lot less drama. Now the people that are walking around being, you know, yeah. jerks to everybody yeah. um they they get a reputation in a small town not to say that hey i'm nice to people because i don't sure you know want want them to know my business all the time that's yeah. not the case but it definitely growing up in that environment helped me to um i don't know interact with people i normally wouldn't interact with isn't it crazy is awesome. yeah. yeah do you ever have a desire to go back home and, and yeah. live in a small town because i i do like so when i when I moved to Phoenix, I always had a five-year plan. And it was always, I'm out of here in five years. And I'm going back. I'm going to live in my hometown or okay. I'm going to live in some smaller area. Um, that desire has kind of died mm-hmm. lately. I really do love, I'm like a city dweller. I was yeah. born, I mean, when I was a teenager, I thought I was going to live in New York, you mm-hmm. know. Um, so glad I don't right now, by the <laughs> way. Um, n- nothing against New York. But uh, I have that desire. But I also know the opportunity for me and for what I do and for my level of ambition is definitely in a bigger city. You know, uh, yeah. I think a lot of my dreams would die in a small town, unfortunately. So your five-year plan has been extended. Extended to about a forty, yeah, forty-year <laughs> to, to plan. 40 yeah, year yeah. plan. Yeah, we'll see. I love it. I love. I love the little small towns and pockets in Arizona. It's fascinating, isn't yeah, it? I, yeah, I've been doing. I do a lot of these small shows in these small towns, and yeah. like, it's crazy. You know, like Chino Valley, Arizona. I yeah. never even thought. Have you been there? It's amazing. I've driven through people. It's. I'm with you. So one of my favorite things to do if I have free time is to just drive to a random small city in okay. Arizona. Yeah. It's always fascinating to me that there are people that are just going about their business, living life, don't need or want Phoenix, Arizona. Isn't that amazing? And they just hang out and everything they thing. need is there. They Absolutely. Don't, I yeah. love that. I love it. And I love when you meet people from Arizona that have always been here. They have a different Western vibe to them. You For know sure. I mean? It's yeah. a different kind of energy. Yeah. It's not bad or good. It's just so different. And yeah. it's it's nice but not helpful it's, definitely yeah it's like a real it's different yeah i like it though i love the fact that you've seen a lot of this i never i didn't think about that but you you perform everywhere 
I follow you on social media, and sometimes I'm surprised at the places that you know. Hitch up. Do you find these places yourself, or do you just? No, I, lately I've been working with a booker that's oh, been good. helping me these out of town places. Awesome. You know what I mean? These really places that I would think that they wouldn't like me, but that's not true. You know, you go in there, and yeah. I, I remember in the summer I went to the show, and it and there were a lot of Trump bumper stickers. You know, I don't do politics on this show. Yeah, you know I mean, I have my own views, but. I, I'm like, oh, I have to redo everything. They're going to hate me. But that's yeah. not the case. People generally yeah. want the best for people. and They yeah. just want to laugh. Well, and you're really, really good at being a universal language on stage. Like, you are very relatable. You don't undersell yourself. I think that you could probably stand on stage anyway, and if given, you know, five minutes, you could probably win over any crowd. Well, you're really good yeah. for my ego this morning. Yeah, absolutely. God yeah. No, else? God bless you. I have a little list going, yeah. <laughs> no, I love... You know what, I... And thank you again. It's, yeah, definitely. It's, it's the hopefulness that I feel that people need. So how are you navigating in today's world? Because do you... Let me ask you, because this is how I view the world. I feel it's going faster. It's getting meaner. I feel like the society rewards the people that aren't nice. Mm-hmm. They're not kind. And that's, we're not, there's no value on that anymore. How are you? Is that, am I accurate? Am I? I feel like if you're taking a 10,000 foot view of the world, you're always going to come to that conclusion. Okay. And that's something that I've, tried to keep myself from doing um when you when you're hovering above the earth and you see all of the things going on the things that are going to stick out to you are those things the negative things yeah but when you're doing what you're doing like you're going to chino valley or you're going to page arizona or wherever and you're you have you know you can see the trees in the forest those people you tend to see people are good and people aren't you know there's always i always follow the 80 20 rule like if i encounter somebody who's not nice i'm like well they're the 20 percent yeah. You know, eighty percent of people, pretty cool. Twenty percent, not that great. Not that great. Not but I'm to... still gonna be okay. Yeah. How did, where does that did that come from? Your upbringing or your parents? Is um, that... not really. I think um, I think I'm just constantly trying to outrun negative thoughts. You know, and I think that's what a lot of people because it's it, it's easy to see all of the negativity that's going in the world. It's literally shoved down our throats. And mm. I know I'm not saying anything new. I know it's been there's you know thousands of hours of commentary on exactly what we're talking about but it it's hard because there's also thousands of hours of news out there and there's thousands of hours of um you know people that are newsworthy meaning like they're hate filled or whatever the case might be um then we start to feel personally victimized by all of that stuff because everything that goes into our eyes and ears we tend to hold on to yeah, right it's in there absolutely and you can't yeah. get rid of it and that's yeah. what i mean by like outrunning it you know sometimes you, you can't get rid of those thoughts once they're in your head they're there so, so you're the dealing with it when you encounter that yeah i'm j- i just when you get conflict with the world where you just like center yourself and yeah. you're like well, they're making the best that they can or i try to take stock of what i have control of you know interesting because i i'm a naturally anxiety-ridden person um, thank you to my genetics. Every human being in my family is a walking panic attack waiting to happen, sure. you know? Um, and I am absolutely, <laughs> yeah, I'm that. absolutely no exception. And uh, so many people who know me, they're like, well, you, you seem like you have it so together and everything. That's what it, it appears to me. Too. Yeah, for sure. And you're one of those people, I'm sure. People always probably tell you, oh my gosh, Gene, you, you always seem so happy and everything. Oh, I'm but, living on the verge of a nervous breakdown every day. Exactly. Every right. Day, and yeah. it's hard for people to understand yeah. that and digest yeah. that. But yeah. for me, the way that I, um, I don't just like spiral into this, you know, Negative. bottomless pit of despair, basically, yeah. um, on a regular basis. I know I'm making myself sound like a depressed individual, but a lot of the no. time, that's what it is. Yeah. Um, is the worst thing 
that you can encounter in life is hopelessness. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. It's the root of all depression, be it chemically caused by your brain, genetically yeah. caused or whatever. It's a sense of hopelessness. And if you have that, there's nothing you can do about it. You know, people that know you um, or are close to you and care mm -hmm. about you are going to try to get you to wrap that in a package and leave it on somebody else's right. doorstep and walk away from it or something. Right. It's not like that. Mm -hmm. So what you have to do is, for me personally, and everybody's journey is different, um, outrun it. And I do that by taking action, you mm -hmm. know, just making goals. And one of the, the best things I do is I get inspired. So like you're talking about the world being mean and everything like that. I don't think you can encounter somebody now who's not living on a commune and on drugs 24-7 that doesn't agree with that. Yeah. That's completely disconnected from society. It just seems so... I don't know if... I, 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 maybe I just never paid that much attention to it, but yeah. it's so much stronger now. Yeah. It is so strong. It feels that way, for it, sure. It feels like it's yeah. really... And I'm like, what can I do to make it better? What can I do to, Again, to I, fix it? I don't think you can do anything. I mean, I, and I know that sounds like there's, hey, the solution is there's no solution. Um, but again, for, for me, what, what works is just taking stock of the things I have control of, like yeah. sizing something up. This, this thing that's out there that's making me feel bad or mm -hmm. um, less hopeful, do I have any control over it? Right. And if I do, am I taking action or am I just sleeping in until 2 p.m. and eating cereal three times a day, which is my dream for the record? Um, that's what I call a Sunday. A Sunday. I will sleep in. <laughs> right. <clears throat> if you're close to me and you're my friend, you're shocked at what yeah. time I get up on Sundays. Oh gosh. So I, I think, will, I I will think will get, I'm with you. I will get up at Sunday like at five. Oh yeah. And then say good morning to people and they're like, Good morning. It's but five o'clock. Yeah. Here's another thing though. I've learned to not be apologetic about those things because yeah. I'm like that. I'm hard hardwired. I hate mornings. I do too. I do not like what yeah. the world looks like at 5.30. And I avoid it like the plague. Me too. I'm right? a totally different person. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I'm the same way. That's why I own a business that's open till 2 a.m. We open at noon. Noon's like the earliest I'm going to be productive. I'm surprised I'm talking right now. You know? <laughs> I know, I know. Um, and, but as you, I don't know, as, you, as I've gotten older, I become less and less apologetic for the things yeah. that are qualities of me that help me to perform at my best, my highest and happy and yeah. happiest. Yeah. So I would say, not that I'm, I'm never one to like pass out a bunch of advice, but if you, if you feel like sleeping till 2 PM, I'm with you. Well, Sunday's I'll my give only you the day. I, you know, yeah. it's my only day I really sleep in, and I could go yeah. all Are you day. A morning person, though. No, no, no I'm cranky in the morning. I'm cranky. Yeah. The only person I'm nice to is I have a day job, mm -hmm. and they're uh, Victor. He is like our maintenance facilities guy. He's the only person that will talk to me, and you know he'll. Every time I see him, I'm like, oh, I don't want to talk. But then one second, he's like, good morning. How are yeah. you? And like, we have whole conversations. And then people are like, why are, why are you nice to Victor, not us? And I'm like, yeah. because he's human. <laughs> you guys are a-holes. <laughs> right. That's funny. We all kind of have a list of people like that in our head, huh? Yeah, yeah. yeah. They can cut right through. Like, right. Yeah, they well, Victor's making your day better. And that's another thing, too, mm -hmm. right? When yeah. you start to get hopeless and you start to see people in a very negative light, it's, you don't, I don't think you have to apologize from or by, uh, or for, um, surrounding yourself or only engaging with people that are bringing, yeah, not to be cliche, but light into your life, yeah. you know, and disconnecting from people who aren't, you know, and a lot of people feel like you need to be apologetic for like, just, you know, being selective with who you interact with. But I don't be, think so at all. Thank you. God. Yeah. That's validation. Yeah. We talked about, too. <laughs> thank you, Victor. You talk about, uh, uh, depression. So yeah. is that something that you, 
can we talk about that? Sure, is yeah. it something you're experiencing at definitely at what level? Like if yeah. ten is bad and one is good, where are you at on that scale? Um, like, it just depends, right? So circumstance is always gonna dictate that. Mm-hmm. Um when you're having a bad week or you get bad news or something, mm-hmm. you know, somebody you care about isn't well or something like that, it's really gonna be um a huge blow. But um, you personally, so, are you yeah, definitely. what level are you at? Um, gosh. So again, because I'm such an expert at outrunning it, I would say at my worst, like at my lowest, like a one, you know, and I, and I don't know that, um, a lot of people get to that point, thankfully, Mm -hmm. but, um, it used to be a lot worse when I didn't know that taking action is like the best way to get out of that. Right. Like when the, the best time to work out for the record, not advocating working out, I don't like it. Thank you. Don't advocate it. We're not. Eat this is first. not the fitness podcast. No, not at all. But the times where you probably should is when you don't feel like it, yeah, right? And then the times getting your body emotion. Of course, it really. Yeah, is. and when you it. don't feel like being around people and you feel yeah. like depressed, yeah. that's the best time to surround yourself with people. It's, it's keeping your. Mo- you know, I always think about Martin Luther King when I get really depressed because mm-hmm. he used to say that saying. Yeah, this awesome saying yeah. about fighting that malaise of that depression of where you get in, where you can't, you yeah. feel hopeless, and he would say, you know, like you need to get up. Yeah, and and you. And I'm going to say it wrong, but I think it was. I think it was. You need to run, and if you can't run, walk. If you can't walk, crawl. Right. If you can't crawl, just keep it moving. Yeah. You know, and that's it and is the thing. Exercise will help you totally. Yeah. yeah. By the way, don't exercise. I don't want to exercise. No. So it, it, this is. I'm retired, gay. I don't okay. exercise anymore. <laughs> Good. Excellent. Thank you. It's never changed. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that I think inaction and just kind of like you know depression. Back to what I said. I've learned that hopelessness is the worst feeling or feeling unwanted. Those two things mm-hmm. in life, feeling unwanted and feeling hopeless are probably the worst two things because if you don't have hope, you don't have a reason to get out of bed. You don't have a reason to do anything. And there are a lot of people like that. Of course, yeah. yeah. And and I'm going to like right there what you just said, absolutely. I there are more people. I think I want to say that there are more people now than ever that feel depressed, but I feel like we're slowly getting rid of the stigma of depression or mental illness or right. or whatever I it agree. is. And people are just talking about it more. Yeah. You know? Like I've honestly It used to be a secret. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think now I think um whoever's listening to this, you and probably Gavin, uh, who's one of my best friends, yeah. um, in my immediate family, they're probably the only people that have ever talked to me about this. Um, but Gavin is very open with his depression. Absolutely. Yeah, very definitely. Open. Yeah. And he's again, he's one of those people that I know that he is, um, you know, let me just speak for Gavin for the next 30 minutes. <laughs> um, but I do know that the only way that um, he feels better is he's kind of cut from the same cloth as me is at the times you don't feel like surrounding yourself with people that um, are going to uh, help put you in a different mood or at least elevate it from a one to a four, which a four is tolerable. Most people who are depressed are probably operating at a four at all times, no matter what. I would kill for a four. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, yeah. I, I no, but that's true. Yeah, and a yeah. lot of people, and it's surprising to me how high functioning people can be when they're completely depressed. Yeah. You know, you would, you would think you could spot like an alcoholic from across the room if they were working like yeah. at work, but it's surprisingly tough when people will say, well, I've been suffering from depression for 20 years, you know, yeah, you're yeah. like, you? Yeah. Really? I, I, I have been so depressed, but you still go on and you still do yeah. jokes and you still do it. And you're right. like, it's amazing. You're like, where does that energy come from? It just does. Yeah. But one of the things that I love that you're doing is you're making the world a better place through ice cream. For sure. Let's talk about that. Yeah. Let's talk about, cause I can't think of a better way to live a life than to, yeah. to help people navigate through this world 
totally. with ice cream. And what I love is, is I love how one of the things I, I always am impressed by what you do, but when the red for ed was going on with the mm-hmm. teacher strike here yeah. in Arizona and all the teachers and so many businesses were supporting those teachers. And, and I don't think wherever you fall in your politics, you yeah. at the end of the day agree that teachers need to be paid more. Everyone yeah. does. Yeah. My wife's a teacher. Yeah. So, I saw yeah. that. And you're, yeah. you had a red for ed ice cream. We did. Yeah. Yes, you did. Yeah. It's funny because I always tell people too, um, that it's, I mean, that's politics and yeah. you have business. That's very, edgy and you know what i mean that was how did you feel about that was i that- i didn't want to initially i'll be honest because i always tell people because um so ice cream is the medium that we use to be it's it's like it's a catch-all right mm-hmm. if you're a warm-blooded human being you like ice cream I always people are like what's your demographic and they want to know like who we're targeting and things like that i'm like everybody if you're two years old 80 years old yeah you probably like ice cream if you're lactose intolerant we got something else for you this dairy oh you do yeah of course yeah we, we we try to serve everybody we try to serve everybody with allergies i mean we i open the place to be an all-inclusive space. So the Red for Ed thing wasn't, didn't come like, it wasn't like, oh yeah, you know, I'm a flag, you know, waving proponent for all teachers. But, um, you know, I always, my response to people when they ask us what our political stance is or who we donate to and things like that, sure. I always tell them ice cream doesn't vote. We can do all that stuff at the end of the day when the, when the ice cream's covered and the lights are off. Sure. Um, and, uh, but my wife being a teacher, it's one of those things that I, I just kind of, I'm going to sound like a panderer, but I'm not. I just knew that most people could get behind that. Yeah. So, the, and that the minority was so few and very vocal yeah. that, I mean, we probably got pushback at our shop from like three people okay. and we serve thousands of people. Sure. Um, and even their pushback when they engage with me and they see that I'm a human being yeah. and hey, you know, my and wife's a teacher. Do, yeah, and, yeah completely forgiving it was crazy so. though i remember watching the news and i would hear people that would say things horrible things like these people these are people that were against red for ed or yeah. against let me go back to that moment there was uh in this in arizona the teachers had a strike and they're mm-hmm. like we need to walk out we need to raise our salaries there were people for them against them yeah. people against them were saying things like you were a teacher and you knew that this is where you're gonna you knew that you're gonna have a life or you're gonna have two or three jobs deal with it yeah. that's the response it's crazy right and it is that is so yeah. offensive to me that it's it's bizarre. These people are teaching your children. It's yeah. I don't know. I wish I knew where that came from. But and to be honest, I hate to say it, I might be one of those people if I wasn't married to a teacher. Oh really? You know? I mean, who knows? In a different life. What grade what, what, does your wife teach? Um, she's a kindergarten and first okay. grade. Yeah. So when they're sweet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she loves sweet. she yeah. loves the little ones, but it's also very difficult because you're teaching them to read. But for me, like I know, I know how much of our income every year goes toward classroom supplies that we're never reimbursed for. I mean, we spend a lot of money um, to supply a school that, you know, should be paid for with tax dollars. So not only are the teachers not being adequately paid for their level of... I mean, my wife has her master's degree. If she didn't love teaching, she wouldn't be doing it because she's had business uh, businesses try to recruit her that could pay her twice as much to yeah. write curriculum or do whatever. But she has... A, most teachers have a genuine love sure. for what they do. And those who don't, that it happens right um but yeah it's um i don't know where i would fall if i if i hadn't married a teacher but i do see like her struggles and it's it's like and it can be a 70 hour a week job sometimes oh i can imagine every teacher is salaried it doesn't matter but at the end of the day we all know like tell me what in your whole schooling Mm -hmm. 
from you know college when you were yeah. a kid. Who was your favorite teacher? Because we all have that favorite teacher. Yeah, um, I had a lot of them. I'm trying to remember. You know, I I actually had a math teacher in high school that was a super no nonsense, borderline mean, but because she cared, yeah. right? She wouldn't let you slack off, and um, she wouldn't. She wouldn't even know that I'm saying this, but like her inability, because I was a little bit of a, a clown, if you can imagine that. And she had no, didn't tolerate that. Uh-huh. So I actually learned in her class and I learned techniques for discipline that have still like paid off because I am, I am a mess of, you know, um, trying to, I don't, I don't claim like I have ADD or anything like that, but I'm easily distracted. Yeah. And it's mostly because I'm on to the next thing always, but sure. in her class, because she had no nonsense and she was doing it for a love, like, Hey, you're going to learn how to be, be present, be present, focus, focus listen, yeah. your due dates. You know, there's no, like if it's due at this time, then there's no second chances, get it done. Um, and so if, Oddly enough, that would be my favorite teacher. And I had a bunch of teachers that really fed my sense of humor and yeah. loved, um, you know, to to joke around with the students and stuff. But I would say that probably she's my favorite because um, I I got a sense of discipline and a lot of my academic work ethic from her. Although I did drop out of college, so I don't know <laughs> if, if that's a good or a bad thing. Um, but I can balance the books on my business today because of that. Particular because of that teacher. being that present. Absolutely. Yeah. Mine was uh, Mrs. Best. Yes. She's my third grade teacher and she just took an interest in me mm-hmm. and she was this beautiful African-American lady, tall, like six foot three. Yeah. And when she walked into a room where kids were small, you know, yeah. and so, but she was so like, not because she was tall, she was just a giant, kind human being. You know what I mean? That, uh, she would make me. I would. I think the first time I ever did stand up was in her class because she would get me. She'd be like, "Get up here and entertain me while she ate lunch," you know. And that's I amazing. Would, I didn't. I didn't have a lot. You know, I didn't have a lot of friends. I would go in there early and yeah. just sit. You know what I mean? Because I felt safe. Right. You know what I mean? It's, right. It's it's funny. Uh, you, I'm very introvert. You know what I mean? And so, you know, like, I get mm-hmm. shy and I get uncomfortable at parties or being new or, like, going to a class is the worst. Yeah. You know what I mean? So she just made me feel calm. Like, no one has ever in my life made me feel so calm. I always feel when I go into a room, like, I don't belong. Yeah. Or I feel that anxiety. You know what I mean? Like, is this where I'm supposed to be at? Is this is everything okay? And yeah. She just took that from me, and I love that feeling. You know what I mean? So, you know, thank God these teachers are out there doing that. Yeah. And it is a mission. They're not doing it for a profit. No way. Yeah. yeah. I mean, <clears throat> every now and then you you do get one that just wants to sit in a desk, do nothing, and they sure. have their retirement date marked on their calendar. Sure. And those ones are actually far and few between. Yeah. You know? So that's why I was so impressed when I saw that red for Ed. Yeah. You know, with ice cream. Yeah, it's really the only thing that we've done. I mean, um, we're, it's probably the first and last type of like politically divisive uh, stance that we'll take. Yeah. But I mean, I know you. So when I saw yeah. that, I just thought that was for you, I thought that was provocative. Yeah. But what you just said um, about uh, you felt like you didn't belong, that's. And that's what we try to avoid wholesale at our shop. We want everybody to feel like they belong. And so putting a sticker like that up there, because people, it's hard for people to accept differing viewpoints. Is that a fair sure. understatement of the century? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah it's yeah. it's hard. It's f- I'm right, you're wrong. Of course, right. Yeah. And, um, and that's not r- life at all. Not at all. Not at all. No, because people are so much more complex than that. I have so many friends that are Republicans. Yeah. And I have friends that are Democrats and Independents. And I... 
I don't agree with a lot of their views. Right. But I can appreciate where it's coming from. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and there are some who are just completely wrong, and I don't mind telling Does that you. ruin your mood when you Never. talk to... Okay, Never. I love that you said that. Never. Yeah, most people will get Never. into a political... And I always tell people this. If you get into a political or religious discussion with somebody, I don't know how often that ever ends with somebody being like, you know what? I see your point. I never thought about it that way. Yeah, Let's yeah. talk about this more civilly over coffee. Yeah, it's yeah. usually divisive. Right? I think it can be if, but I don't ever come at it from the angle of you're wrong, I'm right. Good. I come from it as yeah. how are you thinking like that? Because, but I tell yeah. them it's not correct because I have a strong view of Ronald Reagan. I'm yeah. very anti Ronald Reagan. Right, that's not popular. It's not popular at all. <laughs> no. You know what I mean? But yeah. I, and I don't say that to be mean to people, sure. but I'm like. I think you don't understand what Reagan did. Yeah. It, they tell me what he did do, and I'm like, okay, we're going to agree to disagree. Well, the same, the same reason you probably have those views is because a lot of people in history are offered sainthood that they didn't earn. But at the same yeah. time, uh, people are like that as well, right? And sure. so like, if somebody's doing something that's not very saint-like in your worldview, it's good to find out more about them. So like, you, you can't just be like, well, this historical yeah. figure is good let's find out more about him and it yeah. sounds like you've shaped your views based on what well history is is we're even like so we grew up very my mother loves Cesar Chavez like we didn't eat yeah. grapes we didn't have lettuce we didn't but there is a story there too that we don't talk about as as Ernesto's here and I don't want to say Mexican can I say Latinx <laughs> Ernesto I love it he's been coaching me on being correct I'm trying so hard but I grew up in a house where we knew one view as Cesar Chavez but there yeah. are there is another view and it's not a negative view about how he felt about people that were sneaking across the border and not joining the unions but that's not a conversation we don't it's an uncomfortable conversation we don't have as Mexican people sure well we're all salesmen because we don't want to make him in a negative way sure. but it is it was a there was a, a little bit of a touchy thing there that we For should sure. talk about, and it comes down to at the end of the day we are all brothers, mm -hmm. children of the same God. Yeah, but you know, and we're advocates of our own worldview. But what my point know? is is that history can take a view and they can make someone a saint, yeah. and that's not correct. Like even Martin Luther King, or they weren't saints; they were just men doing the best that they can, and they had mistakes and flaws. Yeah, to make them a saint. Is makes too pure and it misses the whole point. Yeah. The point is, you come to this earth, you're broken and you're you're gonna make mistakes, but you still do good. Yeah. But that doesn't make good advertising copy. Right? I know. And it's, and that's yeah. uh, that's another reason people don't talk to bring it full circle. A lot of people don't talk about their depression because it's not seen as a good way to advertise yourself right. or put yourself out there. Right. It's, it's seen as a weakness. Of course, absolutely. And nobody wants historical figures that are poignant and powerful and used to advocate yeah. an agenda. And I don't use agenda in a bad way. Everybody has an agenda. Sure. Right. When you walk up and place sure. an order at McDonald's, you have an agenda. You yeah. know, this is what I want and this is how I'm going to get it. I'm going to talk you into it. I'm going to give you money. There's an exchange. Sure. Um, the same thing with, you know, uh, deifying historical figures, mm -hmm. political or otherwise. Um, it's usually done based on advocating a particular worldview or casting them in a light that's good salesmanship. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And getting that message. And, and most people are great salesmen and not to be doesn't make you fake you know you're trying to mitigate the damage that you put out in the world sure by and another thing a lot of people feel like they're saving everybody else trouble by never talking about what you're talking about if you have a strong view about a, po a politician or sure. if you're going through something or you're depressed yeah a lot of people just operate in damage control meaning keep it to yourself 
don't rock the boat. But yeah. it sounds like you're able to have civil conversations with people about oh, yeah, politics, because, which is real, super commendable. Well, I grew up in a life where you're supposed to love everyone and you're yeah. supposed to just figure things out. I would say, though, what I know about the depression is yeah. I used to myself think it was a weakness. Yeah. But now when I suffer through it, and I would say if depression is 10, I would say I'm really up there. Mm-hmm. But I power through. And that's that actually is probably the hardest things I've ever done in my life is to be depressed and right. to uh, I I'm a godfather recently yeah. and I have a, Congrats, a, a awesome. uh, yeah it's really cool and, and the baby is seven months old and she just has cancer yeah. so it's been a real tough time mm-hmm. and so I've been really in that not questioning God I never question God. But yeah. it, when I see this poor baby fighting for her life and struggling in that fight, it it makes me come back to who I am as a core person. Mm-hmm. That's where I'm at. And so I was starting to get really depressed. Yeah. And then questioning God, like, well, how could God do this to a baby? Right. But then I, you know, I have to put it in perspective. And now I'm, but I'm able to push through and still perform and still go. Th- I was crying one day and then they called me on and I went on and did. 20 minutes and then came back and started crying again. Yeah. It's, so it's not a weakness. Depression is, it is something that is in me. I'm not embarrassed by it anymore. I just yeah. need to figure out, you know, when to, when it flares up, what I can do and what I can't do and who I can surround myself with. Because naturally, instinctively, when I'm really depressed, I want to be around really negative people of and course. talk shit about people. people. It gives you so much... Uh, fun to do that but that's not helping their depression at all no it it amplifies it it, it really does. is like adding you it know, does if if you're as, like if you're smoldering constantly like yeah. we talked about you know what level are you at depression well if you're a constant smolder commiserating with other people yeah it it feels great because I'm yeah. not alone and I share this view with this person. And the world is bad. And that's all I agree. Is bad, but and that's you, not the case. Right. But you don't walk away having put that fire out. You're a raging, out of control yeah. wildfire when you leave that conversation. That's why it's so critical to surround yourself with good people that are yeah. fighting that. That's And that's what I'm attempting to do. And that's what you're doing. God bless you. And you're even doing it with ice cream. Let Trying me ask to. before we get yeah. move too far. My favorite ice cream or my favorite thing is anything with almond do you have an, like a cherry amaretto we do Actually, <laughs> you do yeah one of my favorite ice creams we do we did it for our um second year anniversary that we're open that we were open is how many ch- years now have you been open um we're gonna be at three in february so we're like two and a half okay yeah yeah um which congratulations. is congratulations like, that's big yeah, for a business for sure it's like two years more than i anticipated what's the average business go out of business like um my average business that i started before this yeah uh, Oh, how many businesses have you started before? Um, a couple before this one. Um, and some of them had moderate success. And some of them, I just lived in denial that they were complete failures for a while. Yeah. Um, which is actually okay. Um, that's another thing is like embracing failure. It contributes to like yeah. a poor mood, but it's so important in life. I love failure. Yeah. I, think, I, yeah. I love failure. Definitely. I really do. And I'm not just saying that. I'm just saying every single time I fail, I learn from it and Good. I process it. And it takes a little bit, but I love I, I embrace it. Yeah. Well, I embrace then it. the next time we have a cherry amaretto smash cake, which is... Um, oh, that's what you call it? Yeah, cherry chip smash cake. So it's a okay. cherry amaretto, which is like an almond extract. Oh, so yeah, 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 yeah. Got yeah, your yeah. name on it. We'll do it in January, but we'll do a special batch for you anytime you want. Oh, my God. I yeah. love that. Okay. But again, ice cream, it's like I'm obsessed I'll come in with, January and get that. I'm obsessed with bringing myself back to simpler times lately, um, which is like w- when you're a kid... You know, you get up on Saturday morning. Nobody's on you about waking up at noon. Nobody's on you about, you know, 
eating, you know, cereal and candy bars, you yeah. know, if, I mean, clearly if you had great parents and not letting you eat that all the time. Yeah. But um, if we were adulthood, the benefit of adulthood is supposed to be enjoying the fruits of our labor and doing the things that we dr only dream possible. And if that's like slamming 10 Capri Suns as an adult, then do it, you know, yeah. and don't let anybody judge you. And that's what our shop is about is just making everybody get, bringing people into a place for where for 10 minutes they can escape the stresses of life. No, I love that. You know? And I love that it's comfort food. Yeah. Whose idea was it to take a donut and to make it hot and then put ice cream in the middle and then I, put cereal on it? That's from the Lord. Yeah, I, I wish I knew. Lord. It may have been Jesus himself. <laughs> told, um, that was genius. I think it started in, it, it was popularized in Italy. Um, <sighs> I We're not the first people to do it. Um, I feel like we're doing it better than anybody because I feel like I care about the product. No, but was it your idea? Or was it your wives? Or was it your to open the ice cream shop? No, to make that to take to take the donut, yeah, and put it in that because you one of the things you mm -hmm. guys do is you take the ice cream yeah. and you put it in the donut and you put cereal, absolutely, like yeah. Captain Crunch cereal, like good cereal, not the, like the poor people's cereal. No, yeah, it's all that, it's all name <laughs> yeah. brand stuff. I gr I grew up without money, so like I remember, like uh, you know, I I remember. Just wanting nothing more in life than name brand Cocoa Pebbles. Yes, thank you. Yeah. I know. I'm the same way. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. It was my, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the worst thing you can do, I can skip and save money on everything, but craft cheese, you got to have the good cheese. You yes. can't go cheap on your cheese or your cereal. Absolutely. We're having the most middle class conversation ever <laughs> know, right now. I know, I know. Because everybody else is eating like age gear and all this other yeah. stuff. And we're like, I just want crafted Cocoa I just, Pebbles. Yeah, I know. It's yeah. enough. Yeah. yeah, it is enough. Yeah. I love that phrase. Because we, we used to have generic too. Yeah. We used to have generic or like absolutely you know the knockoff or you know yeah. what i mean and so you're like no i want that yeah. well what it was is we um i i went to a few places i love ice cream donuts cereal and soda okay i will drive an obscene amount of miles like if i know there's a new flavor of captain crunch out i will hit every you know oh, really grocery store in a 50 mile radius trying to find it um just to experience i think for me it comes back to it's a new experience also growing up I'll come back around to how the donut ice cream thing came up, but coming back to like my obsession with these things, I know it's rooted in the fact that the, you know, those grocery outlet stores that they have. Yeah. So growing up poor, they, I had, I hate to use the word poor because my parents worked their behinds off to make Thank sure. Thank you. Yeah. You know what? Poor I, is not what? a good word. That is not a good word. No. And I've been saying that, you know, yeah. God bless you. Cause you know, I, I grew up, like that too. Yeah. My mom and dad, they were work, hardworking yeah. people. We always had enough. Absolutely. But we were poor. And you know what? That is the wrong word. I always catch myself and I say- What is the correct word? Without a lot of money. I always say, yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. We, without a lot I, of money. I grew up without a lot of money. <laughs> um, and, uh, and you know what? Let me yeah. tell you. It turns out that is the best way to be because you can do a lot more things when you don't have money. It makes you creative on yeah. how you- yeah, and I think appreciate things. Crediting my math teacher, I need to credit my my parents more because no matter um, how little resources we had, um, they worked tirelessly to provide. And I don't know that. Um, like, I think I think a lot of the things that I do is just me trying to never be in the position that they were in. Yeah. You know, because it, I mean, they literally and my parents are doing great now. They make great money, and they but yeah. they've it took them. Um, 30 years to get to a point of income that it, you know, well, by leading by example, it's only... Did they grow years. up through the the Reagan generation? That's probably why. He was working so. against them, but that's another <laughs> show. <laughs> I, I think I, no, if you want to interview my parents next week, they probably have a lot to say about that. Um, but it's... Uh, there was... 
so growing up without a lot of money, um, there was this store in our town, grocery outlet. They're still everywhere, and they're I still browse the aisles for memory's sake. But it's the only way I got name brand stuff, and so we would always get really random. Huge variety. Like if you got attached to a candy bar or a cereal that was at that place, it's all back stock yeah. someplace. And so it's once it's gone, it's going away forever. Yeah. And so now I'm obsessed with a variety of things. Yeah. And so I will drive a ridiculous amount of miles. And what it is, it's a new. I got addicted to new experiences like that through food. Yeah. Um, which it's surprising I'm not walking around here 400 pounds right now because I really do love. Um, new experiences through food. And there were places on the West Coast that started doing donut ice cream sandwiches. Mm -hmm. So uh, my wife and I would be in California. So we'd try like a donut ice cream place. And it's ice cream and a donut. And it's a layup as far as the culinary experience is concerned. It's a donut. It's ice cream. You put them together. On a bad day, it's going to be good. When it's mediocre, it's good. When it's bad, it's good. Yeah. But it wasn't being done in a way that I thought was like amazing. Yeah. You know? And so what um that's when I saw that concept done, I was like, I want some place in Phoenix to do that. Yeah. And I waited like three or four years. Nobody in Phoenix, there are a few places that opened and were doing it, but yeah. they were doing the same thing. Grocery store quality donut, grocery store quality ice cream. Yeah. Here you go, charge you seven bucks for this. In that Have location that you're at. Now it make as I'm sitting here talking mm-hmm. to you. It, it makes sense. You're right. from Oregon. Oregon has a different view. Yeah. And it you're looks in like Portland the, down there. Yeah. And you're yeah. in the part of town that we call the arts community. Mm-hmm. The arts. Yeah. Where it's very, uh, I don't want to say the people are, because it's, I, I would be wrong to say the people are very liberal, because they're not. It's a lot of conservative. It's just people are very, I don't know what is the word. There's a sense of community there that I don't feel that anywhere else best. in the city. Absolutely, definitely, and it supports that area. Supports small business, and I've been to a lot of big cities. It supports small business better yeah. than any area in any big city I've ever seen. And so when we decided we were going to do this, we got a really amazing ice cream maker on board who's better than anybody in this part of the country. An amazing donut baker. We got it took us t- a couple years to get commitments from them, and then we opened. And I immediately looked in that neighborhood to open. Oh, really? Yeah, because you sought that neighborhood out. Yeah, well, Third Space was there, yeah, right? Yeah. So, which was a which a, was an amazing business that was yeah. like a sandwich restaurant. Yeah, and they would do like singing open mics, comedy Definitely. open mics. If they you were an expressive individual, you yeah. went to Third Space. There was always an audience. Sometimes it was three people. A lot of sometimes art. It was like this people. room, like here, we're we're recording in an art yeah, room. Yeah, definitely. And so I liked. I I lived near that area for the last ten years. I loved Third Space, Grand Avenue Pizza Company, which also, believe oh it or not, God, yeah. Pizza is so good. And you know what they do? They foster comedy as well. They have like open mics yes. on Thursday. Yeah. So that whole area, it doesn't matter if you're a pizza shop, a coffee shop, or an art gallery. Yeah. There's a place to put a microphone in front of your face and yeah. express yourself. And I love that. Um, and then the property that we opened on, it's six cottages. Yeah. And it's one of the most unique properties in Phoenix. And I felt like they were being underutilized for how cool they were. It's Not very to, cool back there. Yeah. You go back, you could buy clothes, you could get ice sure. cream, you could get entertained. It was like a whole little, like a yeah. mini hippie mall. Definitely. Yeah. And there was a lot of like challenges. Could you buy patchouli there? <laughs> no. <laughs> in, in at least a dozen places in a one block <laughs> yeah, yeah. radius. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, but I wanted to be part of that community because of what you said. It, because there's a sense of community and you can feel it yeah. when you're down there, you yeah. know? And all, everybody from 7th Avenue to 15th Avenue, which is probably like a quarter mile, half mile stretch, um, they all look out for one another. 
Oh, which is, is right? really cool. Yeah. yeah, there's like there's no real sense of competition. Like if you, you know, if another dessert place opens down the road, I'm not like, oh, well, th- those are our competitor. Those are our friends, you know. And if they're selling cookies and you want cookies, I'm not going to be like, oh, we don't do cookies. What do you want? I go, hey, two blocks that way, there's a place that does awesome cookies. Go down there and check. Which them is out. that place? Well, they, it was Cookie Brokers, and oh, I love wow. those guys. They just moved to Arcadia. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. they. It's went, another yeah cool part of town. It is absolutely, um, but. Yeah, I don't know. I love the area, and it's amazing, and it's always fostered expression, which I really love. Yeah, and it's been all inclusive, like you said. You would think by the way that area looks that it's nothing but progressives. That would, yeah, but it's not. It's not the case at all. Yeah, you really do. And what I love about it is it proves my. I have a theory. Yeah, and I know it's true because I do these shows where I I look in the audience and there's Republicans and there's Democrats. I see white people. I see black people. I see it in my everyday life where people. People get along and there's harmony. Yeah. And people with money without money, Catholics would move. We can get along. Yeah. And that area of town proves it. You Definitely. Know, people can. And you know what? Some of the best. Like I'll you go and do third space. They don't do comedy anymore, but we would do it, and I would go outside and I would look. Mm-hmm. People eating ice cream. Nobody's upset. Everybody's happy. They're out there just eating. Everything you're saying. So two of my favorite things on the planet are food and comedy. There, I put those. The, those are the things that I. Those are my happy places. They're both such great uniters. Yeah, you know, if if you have a place that has good food, food has like we said, no point of view. Yeah, you know, assuming the owners aren't absolute like right. lunatics, there's right. no discrimination in that. Yeah, um, and you know, laughter and sustenance, I guess, are two great uniters. You know, yeah. everybody is attracted to those two things. For the most part, right? Everybody likes to laugh. Everybody likes to have fun. Everybody likes to sit down with their friends and and have something. And and just have fun and let your hair down. They're escape mechanisms. Yeah. You know? And it's a good comfort food. Absolutely. Do you, uh, are you, how do you, when you look at it, because you're, I get that feeling. You're always looking for improvement. Yeah. Are you satisfied with where you're at? Never. Yeah. Never. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good and a bad thing. Yeah. Right. Uh, it's a good thing because I think what a lot of people do is they reach a certain point of success and they just stop and they're like, I'm comfortable here. And then people start to forget about you when you start, yeah, you, you know. stop growing, yeah. you know, that's you comedy. The same thing. It is. It's Absolutely. Comedy. You're in fear every, every, right. every, Ernesto is here doing the sound, but we talk about all the time. Like there's this, we audition daily, daily. Everything is an audition. Yeah. You know what I mean? Even when you're at your best, it's like, right. Yeah, you could do better. And you can't do, you can't get it with comedy. Now you can't get away with it. Yeah. I'm a student of, of comedy. I study like as much as you can study by observing. Who's your favorite comedian that you really? Um, I love Bill Burr right now. Okay. I yeah. mean, I know, I know he's at his height of popularity and sure. everything. So it's an easy, Norm Macdonald is another one of my all time favorite yeah. Com- comedians. Yeah. Um, you know, Gene Moore is up there, you know, oh, so yeah. <laughs> um, but do you know, I saw, no- where did I see? Oh, well, that's another story. Go, keep going. Keep going. Yeah, I could list like probably you know ten comedians that um, I have a very specific sense of humor though, and that's another thing. Like food and comedy, right? Everybody has there are comedians that I don't think are funny at all, mm-hmm. but then they're selling out like the O2 um, Arena, yeah, yeah, in yeah. in England and things like that. And it's like, well, they're not for me, but they're clearly for the twenty thousand people yeah. that yeah. Uh, bought tickets to that. Um, but. Yeah, I think I think it is a uniter. These two things absolutely they can do yeah. it. But what you were saying, like you can't get away with now being stagnant in comedy. Like back in like the eighties, before the internet and everything else, yeah, you could have the same set yeah. for a career yeah. and tell the same jokes forever. But now 
you can't. That's why these comedians are cranking out a special every year, every year and a half, two years. Yeah. Um, because once that joke is out there, it's effectively dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? I know. And, it's- and you can still use it touring and you can go on stage in a whole bunch of different towns where people haven't seen. But once you land a special, I saw your special, by the way. Oh, my gosh, man. On, uh, I, I bought it and it was so good. Oh, that's so funny. good. You're yeah. the one. You're the one that bought it. Excellent. <laughs> Thank you. Thank yeah. you for buying. Well, it. I and you know what's fu- you know what's great is that you did it, right? Yeah. And you must have been worried sick about it. Oh, until it was you did horrible. It. Yeah. Yes. But and you then, did it. And yeah. you know what the biggest thing is is then after you put it up and you're like, why did I do that? It could have been so much better. It was I so good. But you just got to you just got to do it and trust yeah, the name of it and everything. Like you put so much thought into what you do. You really do, and it shows, man. But you, but again, you're hardworking at it. Back to what we were talking about. You can't but stop. But it's no ice cream. It's not. <laughs> but, <laughs> You're doing better. But you and I are motiv- motivated by the same thing, which is yeah. fear. Yeah. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And you have to have a fear of there becoming. There is a fear. Yeah. yeah. It is, it is, it, it is a, a line that is always in my room. It is always there, and I can't t- tame it. Good. I just coexist with it. Yeah. But, you know, I one day I'll be a master of that fear. But it, sure. Yeah, I can't. But you can never get rid of it. Yeah, you can there. put a collar on it. You can train it to do tricks. You can yeah. use it to your benefit. But as soon as you get rid of it, like, I feel, I feel that's when I'm thankful I wasn't born with a trust fund. Because yeah. I would be the laziest human being yeah. on the face of the planet. Yeah. I am naturally lazy. Yeah. completely and naturally lazy but because i'm not born into money or have a lot of financial resources yeah. that fear keeps me working yeah keeps me working toward you know when i was I young otherwise. and i was uh, i was a migrant worker mm-hmm. and the feeling the consensus was this was what it was yeah. this is there was no question this is what everyone did this is what you're going to do and there was a route so you would start and it was it was appealing was uh, you would travel, yeah, because they would start out in Florida and then they would go to Minnesota, then they would come to Michigan, like they would work like carnies, yeah, you know, and or that, comedians, yeah, and yeah. I'm like I, that appealed to me, being able to go to different cities mm-hmm. and live and but that work, and I'm like, no, I want, I want to do something more, and it was. Why? Why do you want to do more? Mm-hmm. Why do you? No, this is what we are. But I'm like, no, I want to do that. So to break that mold and to say I want to do something different, that was hard for me. Yeah, because uh, there was no support. Like even my family, like I'm going to go to school. Why would you go to school? Like you yeah. need, you know. But it's just a, it's a weird thing that you're when you grow up without money, mm-hmm. you're like, I want these things. I want more. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And you I push think, through. I think if you're forced into a, a situation of scarcity, it's one of the hardest things to get out of that mindset. Yeah. You know? But I'm, I, it was a blessing for me because I learned how to work. Definitely. You know? I learned absolutely. how to a work ethic yeah. that was intense. And so it, I like, so I view work, so a lot of people say you're always busy. No, mm-hmm. I just, this is, I like being busy. I yeah. like working. I like doing things. Yeah. You know I mean? the, but I'm like you. I like to, when I'm down, I am either really busy or really lazy yeah there's no in between for me and that's the torture of my life i'm right there (laughs) yeah being tortured with you yeah absolutely and i've actually tried to catch myself lately and we talked about reframing the word poor and saying without money busy is like a catch-all that i use and i catch myself using but it's because i can be long-winded when somebody asks me what i've been up to i I figure they mean it sometimes, and 30 minutes later, they're like, dude, I just wanted to, hey, I've been busy, you know? 
Um, so I've been like telling people, oh, well, I'm busy, yeah. but I never say it in a negative way. Oh my gosh, I'm so yeah, busy. Yeah, yeah. Because, um, you know, I think the worst thing for me would to have way too much time on my hands. Yeah. I mean, way too much. Yeah. yeah. You, the worst thing is, so this year my boyfriend was like, we're going to do more vacations this year. Good. And I'm like, no, I don't want to do that. I yeah. think that's nonsense. But we went on a cruise. It was amazing. Let's talk nothing. about our mutual love for cruises, Gene. Okay. You did a cruise. So I, I did a first oh one God. and I didn't know the yeah. difference. So I went on the um, carnival cruise. So did I. Okay. Now I know I need, to, I said I would pay extra to not to do, to a, to do like a the yeah. princess or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. I'm glad I did it. I'm not judging. It was just, you know. It, it is the best way to check out a reality. And I know really I sound like is. a. Well, carnival is like known for, we're going to be a commercial for the cruise industry yeah. in a minute. Um, it's the easiest way to completely check out of reality it really for a little while. I didn't even look at my phone. I had no desire to look at right. my phone. Yeah, because who wants to And pay? the shows. You get on there and they do the show. It's amazing, yeah. the shows it's they do. It's a city. You got comedy. You got, uh, mm. you got live acting. You got everything. But you know what? This is what it was for me. So yeah. I always view myself as somebody who's worked his way out of out of one way of life, right? Sure. So when I see people that are stuck in that and they don't want manners and they don't, and there are a lot of people like that, like yeah. the negative. They were just, uh, I don't, just without manners. Yeah. I, it, it just, well, it's inconsideration. Yeah. Is what it is, and that know? is entitlement mm-hmm. confuses me. It yeah. really does. It re- and when I oh, see man. people entitled, and I'm like, why are they were, I would see poor people treating workers horrible. And I don't, I don't do that. I stick up for them all the time. Yeah. But I just can't believe you would do that. Working class people being mean to working. Why are you doing that? Yeah. That is so My wrong. parents were always so sympathetic to the plights of others yeah. in the midst of their own personal hell, which showed, which gave me like a sense that I, again, I don't, if I grew up with means again and, and born into money, I don't know that I wouldn't treat people like that. Yeah. Everybody likes to think, well, I would never do that to somebody. But you're a product of your environment. But one of the worst things, like you said, is seeing people that have lived that, yeah. treating people poorly. Enti- I'm with you. Entitlement is awful. And I work... And I that's own- how I see myself. That's how I see... That's why like, people are they're always like, why are you talking to people that work in facilities or why are you doing i'm like why wouldn't i like why no, why than them, yeah. i i i prefer those are my people that's right. who i am i'm yeah. a working class i like working and i like watching people work that yeah. i love going to the airport and watching them mop the floors because they're so good at it and efficient yeah. and they got the little tennis ball they get that scuff marks out Definitely. i love watching people work yeah well and i you respect never, it and they have and every i'm addicted to the stories of people yeah and and if it wasn't a completely random and off-putting thing to do, I would approach more people and talk to them about that. But some it's it's so weird to see how jaded people are because I've tried to do that before. And you start talking to people and they look at you with a side eye, yeah, like, like, "What's what your you anger? Yeah. What are you going to sell me, or what are you going to ask me for?" Yeah, type yeah. of thing. Um, but yeah, everybody like that has a story, you know. And they're always they're going through something. I love some people stuff. who take pride in their work. Of course, yeah. What, whatever you're doing is you take pride in it, and you, you can show me how to do that. I yeah. love people who are excited about their work talk to me about how you mop the floor i want to know like yeah. it's interesting and maybe it's enough for them 
or maybe they're on their way to something they're do- better. Or they're doing something else. Of course. You never know what people yeah. are doing, you know. Definitely. I know. And the new way, these new kids they're doing, they have like 20 jobs. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's they wild. Uber, they do this, they do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're doing it all. I have about 10 employees, and every single one of them, except for one, has another job or two. Interesting. Yeah. And it's not because we're like paying slave wages for what we do. We pay very well. No, that's a new but way. That yeah. is, it's like their lifestyle, and they don't mind it. I'm like, mm-hmm. would you like more hours? here so that you don't have to jump no i'm good you know i'm going to school and i'm working two jobs and they don't at least the people i employ they don't complain about it yeah you know my boyfriend is a manager at starbucks yeah and they had their holiday party and i went there and i'm i'm really proud of my boyfriend but one of the things i'm most proud of is every year i go to his christmas party now he's the manager he's the boss so yeah i always get coached because i'm very comfortable yeah and he's like gene you know don't go in there talking crazy don't do this don't do that like he's you know yeah yeah he's very corporate he's very structured yeah right? and so i go in there and i love these every first when i go into the room i'm always every single year i'm so proud of him and taken back because I see old people, I see young people, I see black people, white people, brown people, Indian people. He hires deaf people. Like yeah. it is such a diverse, diverse crowd of people, and I love that. And yeah. they coexist, and they're all kind. Yeah, every he doesn't hire mean people. They're all kind, and so it's nice to be in a room where there's no one, you know where you go into a room and there's always that guy that has to be the alpha for no reason. He just wants to be in charge. Yes. Um, I shouldn't assign a gender because females do it too. Yeah. I hate whenever someone wants to be the alpha, right? but they don't want to give anything back to the group. Like don't be in charge. Mufasa wouldn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> Mufasa's the good one. You know what I mean? If you're going to be in charge, fine, I'll submit, but you better have some good. Right. And there's none of that in that room. It's all, and it's so amazing to see. It's all insecurity though. It is insecurity. Yeah. But his staff is nice. And you know what's I'm so happy to hear that. Yeah. That's that's our whole thing too. I always tell people before we hire them, I can teach you how to scoop ice cream. I can teach you how to run this shop. I can't teach you to like people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to like people. And that's where kindness comes from. Yeah. And that's where giving a customer the benefit of the doubt when they're when they're just being like terse or very short with you or whatever, to not give that right back to them because so many people come in to our business. And everybody leaves happy, but it's because like if they come in in a bad mood, our mission isn't to, because they're used to every place they're going, giving that back to them. You give right. a negative attitude, most people give it right back, you know? They're not prepared for the happiness conversion of, that's about to exchange. I love that. <laughs> Absolutely. And so it sounds like he's good at hiring people that genuinely like other people. And that's the hardest thing. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, you know, what he gets is, you know, you're paying nine bucks for a coffee. Right. At the end of the day, it, that experience better, better be correct experience. and pleasurable. It's more important than anything else. There's a bunch of different places to buy coffee. I'm going to break your microphone no. here. Um, there's a bunch of different places to buy ice cream. But if you offer an experience that you can't get anywhere else, yeah. people will go to another place. I always tell people, I like to ruin other ice cream shops for people and not by talking bad about other ice cream shops, but pro- providing an experience like you're describing where they feel like they belong. Yeah. They even if we're just serving them for two minutes, it's memorable mm-hmm. and they leave and then they take that expectation expectation with them to another place where yeah. they don't get it. 
And then they go, wow, this feels weird now to not get great customer yeah, service. Yeah, it is once you get. Yeah. That's how we, we go out to eat. We we used to have this waiter. His name was Rob. He worked mm-hmm. at Al Al's. The mm-hmm. best waiter I've ever had in my life. In my life. It's funny that he's memorable, right? It, yeah. yeah. And so whenever I have good service, I always think, well, he's no Rob. He's no Rob. He's yeah. close, but he's yeah. no Rob. <laughs> yeah. Rob was the best thing ever. Right. But have you changed your views of customer service? Because I don't believe in that baby boomer thing and i no, and I'm, yeah. i i don't mean to be anti baby boomer but that where the customer is always right no, i don't believe that not at all yeah yeah it's shocking how people feel well, they can talk to people entitlement remember yeah. that's what it is entitlement's a disease man it really is so when you encounter entitlement what do you we get it so we don't get it often it's so rare but when it comes at me i'm offended for sure. And then yeah. my warrior mode comes out, and I want to be like, I want to give it back. But I've, that's not the right way. No, I've tried to teach my employees. Uh, if somebody is, and we, I literally, we've had so, our customers are the coolest people on the planet. I don't know what we did for the universe to bless us with the people that walk into our shop. 99.9% of them, amazing people that are just there to do what we set out to do. Escape stress, eat yeah. ice cream, have a good time, leave How with a smile. How are you going to go wrong with a fried donut? You can't. <laughs> but yeah. There's probably five people we've encountered in our two and a half years in business mm-hmm. that are lost causes. There's nothing you can do. They come in with a mission, and that mission is to take their negative feelings okay. and spray them throughout the room yeah. and leave. And what I've taught our customers is do we do everything in our, or taught our employees rather, we do everything in our power to make that person happy. We've gone to some extreme lengths. And if they're still not happy, you just apologize and let them leave. Yeah. And, and they're likely never going to come back. Yeah. So acceptance is really how you deal with yeah. those people. You just accept how they are. You have power through it. They're not your roommate. They're not going home with you if yeah. you're smart, yeah. you know, um, and then they're out of your life. Yeah. You know, and if they're a regular customer and they continue to come back, make it your mission to never come down to their level because that's what they're going to get that everywhere else they go. I don't, I can't exist in that arena. That's not yeah. my energy. And so if you oh. pull me in there, I'll lose. Yeah. Every time. I'll lose every time because I just don't, I'm not built and designed to. No. To, I can do it for a little bit, but yeah. I, I don't like how I feel afterwards. I'm the same way. Yeah, yeah, I'm 100% the same way. I want to go before ice cream because we're winding up here. What was the business that you had before that didn't work? Um, so I started a company uh, that was a, a liquid multivitamin for professional athletes, okay. believe it or not. So before, a lifetime ago, it seems like now, but I ran a personal training studio, uh, managed it for like eight years. Um, and I, I Eight years? That's a long time. It's a long time, yeah. yeah. Um, but I think I'm one of those people that I feel like I can do anything if I put my mind to it. Sure. So if it was the fitness industry or it was anything else, um, I found myself there because I found fulfilled because I was helping people lose yeah. weight and I was helping them to change their lives and things like that. Um, but I left that to start, you know, cause I, I nerded out on nutrition for a while and I worked with a company that had some scientists on board and we created a liquid multivitamin for athletes. Um, and it, it never lived up to its potential and it's not because it wasn't a good product. It was because my heart wasn't in that, mm. you know? Um, what did I, you learn from that? Would you consider that a mistake or a failure? No, I, it was a, it was an incredible learning experience because I was basically trying to chase a, a buck in retrospect. That makes it sound really mm. trivial. I did have, 
I thought I had a passion for that, sure. but what I saw was an opening in the market for something. Sure. And if you're if you're after money, you're Got never it. gonna fulfillment yeah. is the greatest paycheck on the face of the planet. Sure. I know that sounds like really dumb no, to a lot of people. I get it. But you I can have the, you can make a lot of money, and you can never if you never feel fulfilled in what you're doing, you're you're going to bed every night feeling emptiness. You're lost. You're lost. And that is going to lead to hopelessness. And it's why, you know, a lot of a lot of wealthy people who don't get into industries they're really passionate about are chronically unhappy. Um, so I took it as a learning experience. Um, I would I would put it in the failure category in that I didn't give it enough attention to be what it could be. It could have been an amazing business, made a ton of money, and um, but I shudder to think that if it was successful, if I was still doing that, where my mind might be. Yeah, you know, because you'd be going to the next. Well, I never Ooh. dread going yeah. into my shop right now. It's yeah. it's really like a happy place. You know, my employees are happy. The customers are happy. You know, and with that, I mean, in that industry, um, I'm not cut out for it. I don't have an ego, right? And yeah. not to generalize, but you know, when you're serving like bodybuilders and people like that, yeah, and they they're like they look at me, and for those of you who can't see me. I'm what you might call a petite man. Uh, I'm certainly not like, you know, yeah. uh, on the severely athletic scale. Yeah. Um, so I was really into the nutrition, but I would go and set up at these like bodybuilding competitions to sell my product. And they're like, well, what's this guy doing here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? and I used to, Are you trying this? Yeah. Are I used you to not be like, well, I'm, I'm the nerd that, that yeah. formulated this and you guys are the guys who are going to use it but i just never liked it and i couldn't connect with my customers did they ever say oh so you joined the dark side now you're on the yeah. opposite side you were i run cream. into my old personal training clients okay. uh, pretty regularly in my shop and they do a double take and at first they think that well this guy's just falling on hard times he's scooping ice cream for a yeah, living yeah, now yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. um but you know they're like they do make jokes about like yeah but i i mean the truth of the matter is it's. It, it, I'm not chasing a dollar, but it's a lot easier to sell ice cream than personal training, right? A lifestyle change is a, a lot tougher to sell than five minutes of happiness. A bliss. Yeah. Absolutely. What is your favorite ice cream there? It changes every week. Yeah. It really does. I know that's a terrible Are you more answer. like a vanilla or a chocolate? Um, if So if I'm getting one of our staple flavors, I'm getting a dough melt, which is our ice cream stuffed donut with our chocolate Oreos and raspberry drizzle. Okay. Yeah. Right. Going big What they're that. doing to Oreos is amazing. I always say... Yes. We say because when we're gay, we have so many letters in our alphabet, yeah. LGBTQ. <laughs> right, yeah. And then I think sometimes they're going to add a new one, H, for sure. huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I think this, the people that design our names, yeah. well, there's a naming convention somewhere. I think they must also have a part-time job for Oreo because you go into or the grocery store, there's an Oreo, a cappuccino Oreo. Yeah. There's a, so many choices. There's like a regular double stuff Oreo. There's It's brilliant i love everything about it because every month there's a new oreo to look for and i told you that i'm a lunatic that will drive if 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 i oh, see so you down for all the yeah, oreo. if i see a new oreo more oreo changes back to talking to gavin uh talking about gavin earlier is he, he's just like me in that regard so we have this thing with the oreos where if you scroll through our text it's a lot of pictures of the new flavors of oreos yeah have you tried this thing have you tried it uh, yeah so I'm I'm all about it, but everything's doing that, you know, variety. So you are into the Oreos. I do I'm see into, a lot of Oreos on your Instagram feed. Yeah, yeah I yeah. do. Like I'm into variety, right? As far as like again, the like my business is named Novel because I'm obsessed with novelty food items and novelty flavors and things like that. Because it's a, it's like okay, I've had an Oreo. Have I had a Swedish Fish Oreo? No. 
Is it, Oreos hit and miss. Some of their flavors, quite yeah. frankly, not that great. Yeah. Some of them, amazing. Yeah. Um, but again, it's just... What's your favorite Oreo? My favorite Oreo? Gosh, that's a good question. I oh, love double stuff. Double stuff's great. Have you tried like the, the obscene stuff or whatever they're calling it? The more stuff? It's like, it's insane. No. Most stuff, I think they're calling um, it now. Attracted to the name. I think yeah. it's got the correct <laughs> yeah. name. More, yeah. more, more, more. What the they call most it? Most stuff, I think is, it's called. Oh, yeah. not more Oreo? Yeah. No, no, they should call it the more Oreo. The cream to cookie ratio is absurd. I'm going to write them right now. Yeah, so yeah. You'll sell. If yeah. you make it the more Oreo. Um, yeah, I'm just obsessed with like novelty things, you know? Yeah, I yeah. think it, it's fun to have something to look forward have to. You, uh, have you, uh, as we conclude here, <laughs> I keep, because I can go on about food all day. So can I, yeah. Girl Scout cookies. Yeah. Have you thought about that in the ice cream? Like, we, is there something you're like entertaining? We've had to ban that from the shop only because it shows. So when Girl Scout, I love Girl Scout cookies. Like when, s'mores. Yeah, but every Girl Scout cookie season, every. Everybody thinks they're the first person to come into our shop and be like, can we be your supplier? Can I be your dealer? Because they want to sell 500 boxes of cookies. And in order to not show favoritism to anybody, we just don't do any cookie uh, cookie um, flavors with Girl Scout cookies. Otherwise, somebody's going to try to find out who our supplier is. Oh, and someone's, be that person. Yeah, someone's SUV is going to get burned, you know, how yeah. things go. Because <laughs> those moms are intense. They're not. They're no joke, man. <laughs> they're they're no joke. They, they're One of my good. very good friends, God bless her, is that mom. And uh, it's, but she's doing it to teach her I get it. daughter, yeah. like to go out and get some, go get yours, you know. Um, yeah. And it, it also, it's a really good thing. Like, think what you will about the Girl Scouts, good, bad, or what, uh, or otherwise. Um, these little girls are like learning to interact and be salespeople, you know. Yeah. And just talking to people is such a huge skill in life. Yeah, you know, being I able think to talk recently to they've been entering politics with Girl Scout cookies, which is a mistake. Which yeah, I believe wrong. so too. Yeah, don't do that. You yeah, know, it's always it's a bummer universe. to me. Even if somebody takes my side on a stance, I'm like, don't do that because yeah. it never ends well. I don't think. And even if it doesn't end well publicly, even if you get a ton of public support, you know that they're. Um, profit and loss department is cringing. Like, yeah. okay, we stand to lose 50%, yeah. you know, or less of... Yeah. And for some companies, it works out. And that's okay. I think a lot of privately held companies... Female are, entrepreneurs yeah. are the thing. Yeah. I love that. It's whatever they're doing, I love that. Whatever yeah. it does, I support... And it's cookies, I'm with you. Yeah, definitely. I'm with you. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I feel... I grew up in a house where we had to be feminists. Yeah. You know what I mean? Not because yeah. it was politically the thing to do but just because sure. it's morally yeah morally the thing to do yeah so do you i still love, feel that way today? i do i do more feel than it. ever maybe or? i do i do i i i consider when i see females mm-hmm. i consider us the same yeah but as a gay man straight females sometimes treat me inferior and i don't put up with that That's like they'll there's a and i get it because mm-hmm. men are bullish and they're boorish you know what i mean some women yeah. here have a negative view of that and they talk down to them they condescend because of the way they've been treated by these men i get that but that's not me right so don't treat me like that because i'm not putting up how do you deal with that what's how do you tell them i gently remind them you know what i mean you know know, small things like Mm -hmm. like i'll be eating dinner and they'll just take my plate and like i don't care i'm like you know i don't like that yeah i don't like that i don't like that you call them out on it i do but in a nice way i always say you know this is not do you know what I mean? And yeah. I do. Sometimes I'm not correct, and I do escalate it up, and then I feel horrible about it. But I don't put up with that. You talked about that in the very beginning about how you is is this podcast making a like a way to make amends to the world for that. I don't stuff know if it's feel. a way to make amends yeah. for it. I think it is me trying to figure out how do I navigate and keep the essence of who I am 
yeah. without selling out. Because I, I, I'm calling this the good guy revolution because I feel that there are other people like me that are at this breaking point. And I can turn left or I can turn right. And so I just decided to do it publicly. Yeah. So I'm either going to go haul ass, hardcore, you know what I mean, just stand up for kind people and say enough. Or do I just kill people with kindness? I don't know where I'm at. I'm trying yeah. to figure it out. But in Ernesto, he's here doing the sound. He always says, I'm looking for the easy answer. Like, is it green tea? Is that so Because right, yeah, yeah. I am looking for the easy. I'm pretty I, sure Dr. Oz has it. And it's in <laughs> capsule form. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like, and this is going to sound like weaponizing kindness, but this is kind of what it is. The, I think you can make mean people feel super small by just being kind to them. Because again, they're not used to getting that back. They, yeah. when people are mean or unkind or they're treating you like, um, you're some type of subservient human yep. being, um, sometimes it's not intentional when it is just, you know, being diplomatic in that situation without, um, doing it completely overtly and showing them kindness. So I'll tell you a real quick story that it, that made me feel super small. I'm at like a Panda Express or somewhere. Okay. And, uh, my wife and I, this story. I know this is going really good places. Okay. Um, and we're waiting in line and the guy ahead of us keeps looking over at us for some reason. Now, for those of you that don't, can't can't or haven't seen me i have a sizable birthmark on the right side of my face which i love it's part of my personality um it's red um it's called a port wine stain but i stand out you know it's I'm, called a port wine port stain? wine stain it's basically what a terrible name for a birthmark by the way too um <laughs> it's uh it's it's a collection of blood vessels and okay. um as i get older and i can afford laser surgery i have the opportunity to really reduce it to the point where it's almost invisible but i've chosen to to dial that back and mm -hmm. not do that because it is it's a part of my personality yeah. it's made me um have a sense of humor and all these other great things but i i notice when people look at it and it doesn't offend me at all i love to engage people and you know when Would you, even as a child you had this yeah yeah i was born with it yeah. Was it, were you uh, like picked on at school for No, I, I had a really, um, I was really fortunate in that I would never, never was bullied, never was really picked on. Um, I had, my older brother was five years ahead of me and he was always a really popular kid, really athletic, um, super protective of me. So mm. every grade level I went to, the teachers already knew me. I was really mm. good at making friends. I'm not trying to downplay my own part in this. Sure. I was really good at, um, engaging people because like when, when somebody asks about it, they always feel like they're being offensive and they're not, you know, mm -hmm. it's like, I understand that I don't look like other people. Like we're, we're trained to see human faces in a certain yeah, yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. stand out. I don't think that's a bad thing. No, at I don't all. at all. And, and my parents, um, never treated me any different or sat down and said, Hey, you know, kids are going to stare or anything like that. Um, so it never, I was never bullied or picked on. Um, made I forget about it. People do. They they become blind to it. Yeah, I do. Like yeah. when I first met you, I did see that. And I'm like, course, oh, what is yeah. that? And yeah. then I, I looked, and I'm like, oh, yeah. I looked on the sides, and I'm like, oh. And then, but then you forget. Like once you start talking, you you forget, and like, I don't know. I just never. Yeah, know. but it shaped my personality in such a wonderful way. Your wife, when she, when you, is this too personal? Like, no, no. Was she like I'm an open book? Man. How was she about that? Was she like drawn to that, or it was weird? I'm. I'm Were still... you like questioning why she was okay yeah, with that? Of course, I question why anybody who's ever dated me has ever been okay <laughs> with it. Honestly, um, because I honestly I feel like I'm less forgiving of stuff like that. 
And that makes me sound super official. I'm not, but it's like, it's a hard thing to get over because it looks so different at first. Um, I don't know what I did to like, to have the wife that I have, but it, she never brought it up. Like she was actually, I went on a date with her, like, and the the thing is, are you self-conscious of it? Not at all. Okay. No. Yeah. See, that's what I think that's why it works. Yeah. I've actually even forgotten where I was going with this. Now oh, yeah, you were talking about. about you were in line at Payway. I oh, yeah, took you okay. off track. So, and I'll get back to to this wonderful birthmark on my face. But this guy's looking at us, and I think that he's just kind of. And he said something to the cashier, like under his breath, like and and for whatever reason, the tone of his voice. I thought he was saying something about us, but I heard him say that guy and his wife or something like that. And so I took like. I'm I'm not an alpha, but I was like I'm very protective of my wife, and so I thought he said, was saying something negatively and making a joke sure. to the cashier, and so I so I go up to him and I say, Hey man, is there something that is there something wrong? You know, with like kind of some stank in my voice. Like, yeah, yeah. And he goes, Oh, I just told the cashier that I wanted to pay for your meal, <gasps> and I immediately felt like the smallest person on the face of the planet. Oh my god! Right? Yeah. And so I've ever since, and that's such, and that happened years ago, and. It, it was such a good lesson that if if someone's being mean, me being the mean person in that situation, the quickest way to make them feel like small and change their behavior is through an act of kindness. Yeah. Like that, right? Wow. And it was... That's it, powerful. It was crazy. And so I got to talking to him and he was a Marine that just got back from Afghanistan. And so here's this person. Totally different. Talk about the happiness conversion. It was crazy and so here i am apologizing i was like and i had to explain to him hey man i i don't know why but i thought you were saying something he's it's okay it's okay and the way his graciousness made me feel like a piece of garbage in the most wonderful life lesson type of ways that i've ever had and so when you're dealing and that's showing me like when i when you're dealing with mean people you just show them an act of kindness that comes completely out of left field and there it will disarm them it's disarmament. You Absolutely. Know so we always end this podcast. I always ask um, how, what you could say to somebody who's yeah. going through depression or going sure. through it. But I think that right there is it. It is yeah. that is a hope statement. If I ever heard it, that Definitely. is never assume that you know what someone's going through. Yeah, because you don't. Yeah, here's yeah. this person who's coming back to America and just wanted to do something nice. Something you nice felt attacked, and there is a conflict. Of reality, yeah, which is exactly where we're in life. Yeah, people don't want the worst for you; they want the best. Definitely, yeah. And to answer your question about my wife, I still don't know. You still don't know why she? I still don't know. She, I mean, I've how many years in? Thirteen years we've been married. Wow, yeah. We yeah. got married after knowing each other only for six months. Okay. Which everybody was like, okay, no, you got when her you pregnant. know, you know. Yeah, when you know, you know. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like, so a month before I met my wife, I just got out of a bad relationship, and I was like this, just. I was on the bachelor bandwagon. I'm like, I'm never getting married. Yeah. You know, I bought a, an arcade for my house and like, you know, every bachelor cliche bachelor thing you could do, I was going to ride that to my grave. Sure. And then when you find something, you probably know this with your yeah. partner. Yeah. You just know. And and talk about disarmament. They disarm that negative. At, like, it's really a negative attitude to be like, well, I'm single for life and stuff like that. Unless you're a lone wolf and that's the, you know, yeah. what you want to do. Um, trying to embrace who you are not is not a good idea. Um, but yeah, when you know, you know. And I don't know, she's never really told me, um, you know, how she feels about my uh, my birthmark, but it was never like an issue for her. And for all, the, I've, I've never really had a hard time dating people, but I've also tried to, I've learned that if you can make somebody laugh, 
um, it's they become it's it's kind of like the universal love language, right? It is. If you have the ability to do that, you can be yeah. a tiny troll such as myself and have a beautiful person. <laughs> you, I, don't, I, I don't consider you a troll at all. I think you're a thank remarkable you. person. That's the nicest thing anybody said to me all week. I don't <laughs> no, consider you a troll. no, no. Well, thank you for being here, taking yeah, your course. time. I know you're always so busy. So this is like a big treat for me. And just for me personally, yeah. uh, as I navigate through this world, like this really recharged me. So I, thank you. I was going to say the same thing. Okay, so when I when I get into uh, life happens, obligations stack up like yeah. to an unbelievable degree if you let them. This is not an obligation for me. This is vacation. You you can quote me on this, Gene. You are my cruise ship today. <laughs> this is my checkout from reality. Well, thank yeah, you. I thank enjoy you for your being here, so and much. thank you for yeah. everything you do. And and let me know when you have the cherry amaretto because I'm there. It's coming in uh, March. March. Yeah, you okay, got a March. few months. To okay, prepare. yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that's yeah. good. That's good. Yeah. And I'll come in there and I will try because I love anything almond. Yeah, I awesome. Well, it's always it. good to see you, man. Yeah, thank Seriously. you so much. Yeah. Thank you so yeah. much for being Definitely. here. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you. Well, thanks for listening. If you like the show, please rate me five stars. Very important in iTunes. And if you could leave a comment, whether it's good or bad, I would love to read it. Uh, Make sure you subscribe wherever you download. And please join us again. And remember, stay kind, be nice, because you're going to make it. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Please stop by Shaneland Arts for all your art supply needs and check out their website to obtain more information on creativity coaching for artists with Shane McCall. He's not here to be the hero of your story. In fact, he'll help you realize you are. Visit their website at shanelandarts.com today. Sound and Engineering, Ernesto Ortiz, announcer, the diva, and your host, Gene Moore. Please join us next week for a new episode of The Good Guy Revolution.